Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Good afternoon and welcome to Engage for Success Radio show number 365, Organisational Purpose and Purposefulness. That's a long word. Today, we're going to be talking about organizational purpose and purposefulness and the research that led our guest to establish a model of, he's making me say it again, purposefulness (laughs) and the UK's first benchmark, plus all of the insights that came as a result of that. I'm Jo Dodds, your host for today. I'm an engagement consultant working within the Engage for Success core team. The Engage for Success movement is an inclusive movement committed to the idea that there is a better way to work by releasing more of the capability and potential of people at work. We spread the word about employee engagement and shine a light on good practice, inspiring people and workplaces to thrive. And we're widely supported across the UK involving the public, private and third sectors. If you go to engageforsuccess.org, you can use the link at the bottom of the page to join our newsletter list and all our social media links are there too. So my guest today is Chris Gamble, who's Engagement and Strategy Director at Morgan Agency. Welcome, Chris. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Joe. Delighted to be here. Lovely. So start by telling us a bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, so, um, well, as you quite rightly said, I'm Engagement and Strategy Director at Morgan. We uh, work with global organisations. Um, I'm very happy to say some of uh, the most respected brands from across the world. Um, and we, we, we typically work with them across three different areas. One of them around organisational um, purpose and purposefulness, as you've quite rightly said um, already, multiple times. One around culture and another around strategic engagement. Um, so, so very much aligned to um, the work and ethos of Engage for Success. Mm. Um, I've been with Morgan for uh, coming up to five years now. Um, and I'm really excited to share some of the work that we've been doing into what we see as an emerging field in organisational purpose and purposefulness. So it's, uh, it's nice to be here and to share with this community who were instrumental in, in helping me find people um, to take part in, in the research and, and, and ultimately the findings. Yes, I'd forgotten about that. Our newsletter was uh, quite helpful for that, if I remember rightly. Now you've said it. It was. It was. <laughs> it was absolutely instrumental in finding people. So, um, so thank you to you, and thank you to the newsletter, and thank you to um, to the community that, that reached out and took part. Yes. Yeah. That's, I guess that's quite a long while ago now. Our, our uh, waiting list to come on the radio show is about nine months <laughs> again, I think. So a bit, a bit like your recent addition to your family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, similar gestation period. <laughs> <laughs> so um really good to be talking about purpose specifically and and you know we have the four enablers as you know and um we regularly talk about engaging managers and you know we probably sort of have employee voice in various guises regularly as well I guess the the two that get woven in um but not always um focused on in in these um interviews is is the strategic narrative and the organization integrity so strategic narrative we talk about having that story for the organization where it's been where it is now where it's going um, and you know connecting your people to that and and therefore to the sort of purpose of the organization as I say we don't often spend a whole show talking about it so great to have you with us let's talk about first what what you see as purpose and Mm -hmm. also what the difference is with that and purposefulness (laughs) how do you say it (laughs) slowly (laughs) i think it's the trick um well and it's an interesting question because um we we work with uh, many organizations as i as i mentioned and 
when you have this conversation around what does purpose mean to you, um, you often get a different definition dependent on who you're talking to. Um, mm. and, and sometimes even within the same team or within the same group, never mind the same organization, there's varying views. And, and, and these labels, um, although useful in, in most guises, can actually be quite unhelpful um, sometimes if we've not established what we mean when we're talking about purpose. Mm. So I suppose when we um, started the, the kind of research approach, one of the first things that we needed to do was to be clear on what we meant when we talked about purpose. And we found by looking at the literature that was out there that it typically went a couple of ways. One is that it was either goal-focused, so where we're going to, and another was that it was um, meaning-based, so what we exist for. And this actually chimes with the dual usage of the actual word purpose is both a noun and a verb to do something. Um, Morgan, we think both are important. Um, and in, in kind of the, the typical agency consultancy um, thing, what we encourage our clients to do is think about it as the answer to the question, what's the difference that you're here to make and why, rather than to create a, a new label or um, hardline definition as to what that means within their business. Answering that question um, helps the individual or the organization to go deeper um, than just asking a, a kind of a higher level question like, why are you here or what is your purpose? Yeah. Um, so, and, and to, to draw the distinction between purpose and purposefulness, so I'm answering the question, what's the difference um, that we're here to make? The difference between that and purposefulness is one is a definition of somewhere where we want to get to or something that we want to do or a reason that we want to exist. And the other is about doing it. So there's, a, again, a noun and a verb element. One is um, the, the talk, the other is the walk. So what we, what we find, and when I talk a bit more um, later about the, the benchmarking work that we've done, what we've found is that there is a difference in, in, in the, to the extent at which organizations define their purpose and then bring it to life. Um, and we like to use both words, even if the purposefulness word is a bit harder. <laughs> every now and again um but we, we like to provoke with both um because both are essential if the business is going to be more purposeful mm-hmm. i was just saying what i thought was deja vu but i think actually i interviewed somebody a good few well maybe even years ago simon from oh god what his company's called now and there was there was a discussion that was very much about this the, the sort of thing and then there's the making it happen and there was quite a lot of discussion around the importance of having both of those. So I, I will try and look that out and connect to that in, in the show notes and yeah. um, and send you a link to that too. Um, That'd be great. So, yeah, I'd, I love the, that, you know, that as a concept, the fact that quite often we do talk, I think, in sort of business terms quite often about real sort of theoretical things and, and yeah. ideals and everything else. And actually quite often the bit that's missing is the how do you make it make a difference? How do you make it actually happen? How do you do what you do with that in mind. So having yes. that sort of overtly in there is, you know, does sort of really make sense. Um, so tell me more about why this is really key for you. As I said, it's one of our, or well, fits very nicely with one of our, of our four enablers. And so it's something that, you know, we would be saying people should be really aware of, but sometimes it can be seen as a bit sort of, um, this is very not business-like, but a bit woo-woo, a bit sort of, mm-hmm. you know, you know, the meaning of life. 
<laughs> and for organizations to be having that discussion with with their people um it doesn't happen in all situations or if it does it's it's guys you know under the guise of something a lot more sort of um highfalutin and businessy <laughs> yeah no i think you're right I, I think you're spot on with that um and i think that that is that um sense that it is a bit soft a bit fluffy uh, has probably limited the amount of work both from a practitioner and an academic perspective that's been done in the space to date yeah um, i mean to, to answer the question from a personal perspective it's been an area of interest for me for a number of years um, if I answer it from a, from a Morgan um, perspective, um, we've seen some real organic interest um, um, and in an increasing number of conversations around the topic of purpose, probably for 18 months or so now. Um, and interestingly, in the past six months throughout the lockdown um, period, and a, a, a definite uptick in the airtime that this seems to be getting both of our clients um, and in, in in the circles and networks that we that we, that we spend time in, mm. um, I think that once uh, we started to spend a bit of time looking at some of the um, some of the data and literature and research that had been conducted, and there's not a great deal on organisational purpose, but what there is does suggest that there's a real benefit for organisations um, to spend some time in this space and getting clear on what their purpose is. So some of the, the seminal work um, and, the, and the older pieces of work, there was a, a, a piece by Collins and Porras in the Harvard Business Review, and, and they famously pull out the fact that organisations that do have a clear um, core purpose typically perform 12 times better um, than those that don't. And that piece of work is probably about 20 years old. Yeah. But more recently, the CIPD have conducted um, work in the space um, and found similar findings. Just a couple of years ago, the Big Innovation Centre did a piece of work that suggested that there's an opportunity cost of about £130 billion in the UK alone. And that comes from organisations not coalescing around a common purpose. So financially, um, we started to find that there was some strong indicators that suggested that businesses should be spending more time in this space. Mm-hmm. At, at a more individual and granular level, um, the, there's plenty of research that suggests that millennials um, are eight, 84% of millennials want to work for a business um, that is meaningful and that mm-hmm. makes a meaningful contribution to society. Yet, about less than a third of people really feel connected to the purpose of their business. Mm-hmm. And from a customer and consumer perspective, about 66%, about two thirds of people want to purchase from these types of businesses that are purposeful and make some meaningful contribution. However, we know that less than 40% of organizations have defined a purpose. Um, so there's, again, coming back to that question around why, there seemed to be a mandate. Um, there's not a great deal of um, data research and practical guidance not when you compare it to topics like marketing where you've got the four p's or culture where you've got the mckinsey work um there's a a lot out there in these adjacent fields but less so for organizational purpose Mm. so you set off to do some work and some research that we mentioned briefly and and we were able to help a bit with that with our um, newsletter audience but before we talk about that Mm. can i just sort of raise a question that I'm sure is popping into some other people's heads about 
purpose and the type of organization because mm. you know we know some organizations have quite sort of what you'd call quite sexy purposes <laughs> um or maybe i don't know they're sort of trying to save the planet or, or whatever as part of what they do yeah. and then other organizations have just got really quite mundane products or services or uh, you know a friend of mine's just recently left a concrete company yep. <laughs> um so it sort of strikes me that it's easier to come up with a um a purpose that really galvanizes everybody when you've got something like that that's exciting yeah. and something you know like concrete may not be quite <laughs> so easy what, what are your thoughts on that yeah i think um a couple of things um so first of all um, and this has been a big discussion within morgan actually based on the experience that we've had talking with different types of organizations about this i think the, the first point would be that there is there's a continuum that all organizations sit on um, some organizations are born purposeful and it's designed into their DNA. And then at the very other end of the continuum, there's organizations that either don't care, um, aren't aware, or pay lip service um, to uh, purpose and, uh, and you know, sustainability and, and, and other um, kind of conceptual topics. And, you know, to kind of draw the distinctions there, some, some classic examples of organisations that are born purposeful could be someone like a Tom's Shoes, um, who kind of almost invented the uh, one-for-one model where you purchase a pair of shoes and a pair of shoes then gets donated. The, the, there's a purposeful aspect to everything that they do. Yeah. And you, you kind of take a walk all the way along the continuum to the other end and um, I suppose... Uh, case study example might be Enron. Mm. Um, Enron, uh, I only found out recently, the year before um, they went bust and bankrupt and all of the scandals emerged, we were awarded America's most respected company. Wow. Um, and had been rewarded that, um, had been awarded that um, five out of the previous six or seven years or so, something like that. Yeah. So you've kind of got organizations that are paying lip service to it and doing it because they think that they need to do it. And then you've got organizations that are, they don't even think about it. It's just born and bred into them and part of their DNA. And then bet- between the two, you've got every other organization somewhere. Um, so I think that that plays a role in um, the, the the type of purpose that an organization can develop. I think the other, um, the other point I was going to make is that We've seen organizations such as concrete companies create some really inspirational purpose statements. Mm. And they it comes from answering that question that we were talking about. It's not about saying what is your purpose, because you know, a, a stock response to that might be to return wealth to shareholders yes. you know, or hit our financial targets or deliver our KPIs. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you change the question and you Ask them why that matters. If you ask them what the difference is that they're there to make, why does the concrete matter? What's the concrete being used for? What are the structures that are going to be made with this concrete and what purposes will they serve? It, it takes the individual, the group, the organization to a deeper level. Yes. Um, and that's where you get into the inspirational stuff. Yeah. So you can see with that, there'd be maybe something around innovation or safety <clears throat> or yep. uh, I don't know, connecting communities or something. I don't know, whatever, depending on, as you say, what they're using 
um, the concrete floor sort of thing. So, um, yeah, that, that's really helpful. Thank you. So tell us a bit about the um, research that you did. Yeah. So, uh, uh, as I said, the, the the piece of work started about a year to 18 months ago. Um, we started talking probably along the same sort of timeline. Um, and what we... What we started off by doing was having a look at that literature to see what, what, what existed, what mandate was there, what stats were there that suggested that this might be important. And as we did that, we started to <clears throat> make notes of the themes and the concepts that um, were repeating um, throughout the different authors on the, on the subject. And it enabled us to um, collate a number of things that we were then able to craft into what is now our model of organizational purpose and the the model um, as per the definition that we talked about earlier has both theoretical aspect and a practical aspect so from a theoretical perspective the things that you can sit down in a room and define right on a piece of paper and put on posters what we found was that there were four things that were repeating over and over again and there were a combination of things that were linked one of them was a purpose statement Another one was a strong set of values. Another was a set of purpose-driven goals, mm -hmm. or you could see that as strategy, um, but that it was tied to whatever that purpose was. And another one was around behaviours. So how do we encourage the types of behaviours that will <clears throat> see that our people and our organisation behaves in accordance with our values, but also delivers our goals? So they were the four areas um, the four theoretical areas that we found. And then from the perspective of what purposeful organizations did and what the authors were saying um, that purposeful organizations did, we've, we found that there was three things. And it's a typical basic learning loop. They defined their purpose. They then took steps to align their organization with that purpose. So they aligned their strategy, they aligned um, the KPIs that they set, they aligned um, the behaviors and so on. Mm -hmm. And then they put that into practice. And crucially, the third step was then they refined. So they measured how they were doing and they course corrected where necessary. So you've got these three steps, define, align, and refine. Mm -hmm. And what the literature would suggest is that the more you go around that loop, the stronger the muscle becomes and the more embedded that purpose, goals, behaviours and values becomes within the organisation. So we had this framework and it, we knew that it needed to be simple. And when we got it all down on, on, on paper, we felt that it was really clear and, and actually quite common sense. Mm -hmm. But we wanted to test it. So what we did is we developed um, a piece of research survey and interview questions. And we reached out to about 200 respondents from UK businesses from all sectors um, and thank you again um, to the, the, the community members from Engage with Success who, who took part and contributed. Um, and what these respondents did was answer questions in relation to each one of those elements of the, of the model. So we was asking how, um, was asking the, the extent to which they saw this within their business. How, how um, well was the organization defining values? How well was it measuring values how much was it bringing them to life and so on across all of the um, different um, criteria of the model mm -hmm. that enabled us when we when we took all of this data to create a benchmark 
um, an average level of performance across the UK. And that's really interesting for us because it's, it's pulled out some things that we expected to see. It's pulled out some things that were unexpected as well. Um, so, for example, we expected to see um, that organisations would score more strongly in that define category than in the align and refine, so in the, in the doing. So the better at saying than doing. And that's exactly what, what we saw in the data. Um, so higher scores across the defined criteria than any other. <clears throat> um, what we were more surprised to see was the high levels of contrast between an organization defining its purpose and values, for example, and then how well it measures them. So this is the equivalent of taking a value set. And I know there's a really nice piece in the Engage Success work about taking a value set, putting it on the wall as a set of posters, and then doing nothing about it. Mm -hmm. um, that came back in the data. There was also some interesting themes when we started to break down some of the demographics. So something called a U-shaped curve occurs across age, tenure, and role. So that's to say that at the beginning of your career within an organization, or if you're younger, um, or if you're in a more junior role, you typically perceive your organization to um, be more purposeful. You also feel positively if you're older, if you've been at the organization longer, or you're in a director or more senior role within the business. In the middle, you have this dip, hence the U-shaped curve. And that, that's, that's a challenge for organizations because that means that middle management are suggestively disillusioned with the purposefulness of an organization. It means that people moving through the organization um, around the two to three year mark um, feel the most negative about an organization's purposefulness. Um, and that consequently is also around the time that most people are now moving roles. Yeah. So if you're leaving an organization at the point at which you feel lowest about it, um, which nobody wants, you know, negative feeling alumni moving out to other organizations, it's not good for the employer brand of any business. Some other interesting themes, um, one being that um, success is still viewed as a solely financial metric. Um, so the consensus was that finances get managed, but not a lot else does. And actually the data shows that across all of the measurement criteria or all of the refined criteria, goals scores quite highly. When we dug into that and we asked the questions why, it was because those goals were financial goals. <laughs> and it's because we have quarterly um, numbers reports or monthly performance reviews and so on. And it's easier to measure, presumably. <laughs> and it's easier to, yeah. It's, well, it's, it, it is easier to measure because we've been doing it for so long. Yes, yeah. And, and another one of the themes that emerged, and I'm, I'm thinking specifically about um, the Engage Success um, enablers here, is around um, managers. Um, so there, there was a critical view of the role of managers engaging, in engaging people with the purpose of an organisation, both from employees talking about their manager and also from leaders talking about uh, the, the, the general, um, I was going to say quality, but it's not quality. It's, it's more about how engaged they feel their managers are in doing this. Mm. Um, so some anecdotes that you know, it's just seen as another thing 
to do that they don't see the value in this yet mm-hmm. so what we, i suppose the sum total was that we was able to pull out some really interesting um, themes and this data set that's enabled us subsequently to um to to share this, this detail and share these findings with um with people just like you yeah lovely so so you have a, a model and a benchmark yep um how is that now used how can people use it if if hmm. they can <laughs> yeah they can and, and actually morgan is um is using it with a number of organizations um at the moment um and we've we've completed um projects with organizations who have wanted to use the benchmark mm-hmm. um so the, the the really neat thing is that what we were able to do with the question set and the um and, and the data is we're able to work with an organization um of any size um to say let's ask, let's ask these questions of your business of your people let's generate your own data set and then compare that against the uk average and what that then enables us to do is to demonstrate quite clearly um, areas of high scoring versus the benchmark and areas of low scoring against the benchmark. So we're able to point out strengths and opportunities for development. Um, so what, what typically happens is we'll complete this benchmarking process. An organization is then able to repeat that benchmarking process in later years to, to see um, what progress it's making. And in between each benchmarking um, kind of dip test we're able to provide some pretty clear uh, direction and recommendations as to what they should be thinking about doing to turn the dial um on on purposefulness within that organization um so it's 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 interesting it it, it enables us to make some real impact and help organizations make real impact to to be more purposeful Mm -hmm. So I presume it's still fairly early days on the basis that, um, as you said, it's been sort of 18 months in yeah. going through the, the process. But yeah. I think you've you've got some organisations, at least, that you can share with us sort of anonymously. <laughs> we have, yeah. What has yeah. So mm-hmm. we, um, we're, we, we've just finished a, a nice piece of work with a um, global digital agency, a creative agency. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was able, they, this was a, an organization that about a year or 18 months ago had defined a purpose um, and wanted to get a sense for how that had landed within the organization. So by going through this benchmarking process, they were able to establish actually how well is this, how well is this landed and what do we need to do to make sure that we can embed it even more in the future. Um, however, um, we're just about to start a piece of work with um, a law firm um, who are at an early stage, they're looking to define um, their purpose. Um, and they're going to use the benchmark to pull out insights from within their business that will create a r- really rich insight-led discussion about what that organization's purpose is. Um, so it's being used in, in, a, in a number of ways, the, and, and the data lends itself um, to that. The questions lend themselves to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, 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 it's interesting times because it, going back to some of those um, reasons for exploring the topic, it, it was a, you know, an area of interest, a passion project for me when it started, still is. And for Morgan, we, we, we knew, we had, we had a sense that there was this appetite out there and 
Um, we're seeing that really start to play out now. Um, maybe because we've got the tool, maybe it's something to do with um, timing um, post or during COVID, um, post lockdown. Um, but we're we're definitely seeing this kind of uptick in conversations around the around the around the topic, and it's it's great to have the benchmark that we can refer to. Yes, yeah. So we're just moving into the last few minutes of the show. And mm. um, what advice can you leave with our listeners as a result of your experience? <laughs> no, not your whole life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Four minutes. <laughs> I, I wouldn't do that to the audience. <laughs> um, but let me let me let me talk about um, some of the, I, I can't give, give much advice about life, but I can definitely talk about the data. <laughs> um, so I, I think there'd be a few things um, that uh, we'd, we'd encourage. Um, the first one would be um, if, if if you have a purpose statement or if you don't, aim to get to a place where that is super super clear and owned by all. And that the, the second part of that statement is really important. We're, we're looking to create a sense of meaning that people can buy into and feel some um, ownership over. Um, so a, a, clear, a clear purpose statement that feels owned by everyone across the organization. Mm-hmm. We mentioned the, the second point earlier as well, um, and it was around success. I, th- I think that rethinking what success means to your organization, to your team, to you as an individual um, is really important, um, particularly as, as you start to set out on any kind of journey around discovering or refreshing a, a purpose within an organization or within a team. What does success actually mean to you? Um, is, it, is it just financial? If it's not, is it, what, is, what is it? What, what more is it? What more does it mean? What difference are you here to make? Um, and then I think that there's there's definitely something around enabling leaders um, and, and, and line managers across organisations to engage with this. Thinking about that U-shaped curve um, and, and looking to um, looking to address that. And I think probably the final bit would be around that ongoing piece around measuring. Mm. It gets said a lot in comms and engagement circles the importance of measurement. It's not just about measurement; it's about taking that data that you capture as a business and doing something with it. So measure, reflect, and adapt where necessary, I think. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you, Chris. It's been really interesting talking to you today and, and heartening to hear that uh, that we've been able to help you with this research as a movement as well. No, very, really, very appreciative. And it's, it's really nice to come back and, and, and share some of these findings with, with the community. Thank you. So just to let you know, next week, uh, Joe Moffat will be back and she'll be talking to Nicola Elwood, who's communication and mindset specialist at Performance and Mastery. And they're going to be talking about how people managers create engagement. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.